Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hi, this is Elon. Welcome to the Tesla Telegraph uh, unveil, if you will. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodhi, and I am your host. And no, Elon is not in my basement talking about the solar glass or solar roof event that they had earlier last week, or I guess late last week. It came out on a Friday, but I had already finished the show prior to it actually posting on Tesla's website, and I I wasn't going to go add more. So we're going to talk about that this week. We're also going to talk about some other really cool news that I have for you. Um, you might notice a little more echo than normal. I move things around in the room that I podcast in because it's, it's kind of a an open room. Uh, so I move some things around so that I'm not right next to the air conditioners, which, you know, after it gets cold in November or cold for Arizona in November, you'd think I would have done it before that. But I did it, you know, this week. And I haven't put the sound treatment back up on the walls yet. So there's a little bit more echo than normal. The thing that I like this week is Halloween because I love, uh, when I was a kid, I grew up in Alaska. I loved Halloween. You'd get dressed up. I was usually a vampire. And then you put your, your coat or your snowsuit over that, or you just decided to go die hard and you just wore your costume and froze your butt off. But, uh, yeah, I love Halloween. Love watching all of the creative costumes that kids think of. I had one kid come to the door who's, like one and a half and dressed like a pumpkin and had like fantastic manners. <laughs> she was very cute. Uh, she got extra candy. I had another kid that uh, was a unicorn DJ and uh, pretty creative. Anyway, I love Halloween. Uh, people in my neighborhood, we all get together at uh, someone's house or at one person in particular's house and they just kind of hand out candy there, drink some beers, chill out. And it's kind of a nice community event and the kids all come to one house. It it works out really well and not everybody participates, but most people do. So yeah, Halloween, that's the thing that I like this week. I know that it's a new month and I will thank individual supporters next week because uh, again, it's going to be a really long show. But if you want to become a Patreon supporter, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com. At the $1 level, you get access to the Patreon feed. You also get a sticker, a special gift, and a thank you note from me. And at the $5 level, you get all that same stuff plus access to the kilowatt Slack. 
If you're not a pay or if you don't want to become a Patreon supporter, you can always go and follow the Patreon feed. That is free. It costs nothing to do. And I usually post like I recently just posted a video of a Model Y that was driving down the freeway next to a Model 3 so we can get a comparison as to how big this thing is. Just silly stuff like that. So if you're interested, you just go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com. All right, the Patreon exclusive this week will be, honestly, it'll be non-existent. This is a long show. It took me a very long time to prepare. Um, I do have some cool things to share this week uh, on the Patreon feed, so I will make sure to get those scheduled and up for sharing purposes. Let's get right into the show, shall we? Oh, you know what? Before we start this, this is going to be, I'm going to run through these very quick because this is a, a longer show. So in order to save time, we're just going to bust right into this. VW will begin production on their ID3 electric car on November 4th. Despite you know production beginning so soon, the ID3 will actually not be available for consumers to purchase until mid-2020. The units they're building now will be demo units. Hyundai is prototyping hydrogen-powered semis, similar to what Nikola Motors is doing. We talked about Hyundai and what they're working towards in a previous Patreon exclusive. But basically, President Moon of South Korea, he would like to be the ambassador of hydrogen. And Hyundai is putting a lot of money into hydrogen vehicles. And more specifically, we're seeing the semi, which looks really cool. I'm excited to see how this whole thing will play out. In our next two stories, we're going to talk about some business insider headlines that weren't that that were misleading they weren't exactly uh, i'm not gonna say they were lies but when you read into the actual story it, it they didn't really match so the first one and i didn't write down the headlines exactly so uh you'll have to forgive me because now that i'm recording this it makes more sense to write it down exactly as they were written but anyway Elon Musk is a negative role model because of because his successes are difficult to emulate, according to Peter Thiel, Musk's friend and co-founder of PayPal. The story comes, like I said, from Business Insider, and the thing that kind of got me was, well, that seems like a ridiculous headline and a ridiculous thing to say. Why would you say that? But Thiel was participating in a debate discussing whether true innovation has stalled. Mr. Thiel was arguing the neg on the negative side, while Professor Robert Medcalf was arguing the positive side. So this is what Mr. Thiel had to say. Comparing Musk to the late Steve Jobs of Apple, the Facebook member, which Peter Thiel is a member of Facebook, remarked that the Tesla CEO, Tesla and SpaceX CEO, was the counterexample to the argument that innovation has stalled. According to Mr. Thiel, Musk's many uh, ventures actually discourage some young people to emulate him. He goes on to say, it's a very weird thing where that's the go-to story is we have one person who helped develop electric cars and reusable rockets. But if you tell a young person, why don't you be like Elon? Uh, it's a negative role model where the basic response is, well, that's too hard or I can't do that, he said. Mm, okay, that could be true or not true. That's really not important. The whole point is that Peter Thiel was at a, he was debating and he got the negative side and he had, he has to come up with something that's negative about whether in a true innovation has stalled or not. So I, I, 
there's a be, uh, there's a lot being put into this that I I'm like yeah when you read the actual article it's not that big of a deal. Here's the other sketchy headline: Ford, Hyundai, and Tesla. I guess I actually put the headline in this part of it. Ford, Hyundai, and Tesla are shifting strategies to incorporate EVs into their product lineups. I'm going to read that again. Ford, Hyundai, and Tesla are shifting strategies to incorporate EVs into product lineups. And if you said, wait, what? I said the same thing when I read this. That didn't make any sense. Tesla is shifting their strategy to incorporate EVs into their product lineup. There's no mention in the article that Tesla's whole business model from the beginning was, you know, let's build EVs. One cool fact, I guess if you want to call it a cool fact, one redeeming fact that came out of the article is that the auto industry is set to invest $300 billion to bring EVs to market over the next five to 10 years. When you consider all the automakers that are out there, $300 billion, if I'm being honest, doesn't seem like a lot. You know, as a rule, I like Business Insider. I like reading their stuff, but I do think their headlines suck. And this is an example of why their headlines suck. Come on, Tesla's been doing this since the beginning. They're not shifting their product lineup. That's ridiculous. And again, nothing in the article that mentions that Tesla's been doing, you know, EVs since the beginning, the inception of their company. There was nothing that said that. Nothing to correct the headline. Here's our next story. Elon donated a million dollars to plant a million trees. So good job to Elon. He renamed himself on Twitter to be Trelon, and then he quit Twitter. So there we go. Tesla's reduced the amount of cabin noise in newer Model 3s. I guess this is a common complaint in the Model 3. I've ridden in a Model 3 a few times, and I never noticed that cabin noise was, was bad. But my hearing is awful, so do your own due diligence. Uh, let's see. It looks like Tesla is prototyping Model 3s with a longer wheelbase in China. I guess it's not uncommon for rich people in China to have a driver, and uh, that's just one rumored reason why this is happening, but it makes sense. The only thing that I wonder about in this situation is how are they going to make the back seat cool for the owner of the car? So the owner of the car goes out and buys this Model 3. They get the you know the elongated one, so they have a little bit more legroom in the back. How does how do they make it more comfortable and more entertaining for the the person sitting in the back? Because you know if, if you're rich and you bought the car and you could afford a driver, it makes sense that Tesla would do something special in the back to you know entertain or wow the owner of the car. What are they gonna What are they gonna do to make the back seat special for them? Let's briefly shift from EVs to renewable energy. Right now, Tesla is selling solar panels and power walls for right around cost in California. This is in part due to the Northern California power utility, PG&E, randomly turning off, or I guess not randomly, systematically turning off power to residences in Northern California to reduce the risk of wildfires. Well, it turns out California is plagued with wildfires, not only in Northern California right now, but also in Southern California. So Tesla has reduced the cost to purchase the, like I said, the solar panels and the power wall in order to help out folks in California. Now, you could look at this and you can say, well, this sounds like Tesla's trying to profit on the wildfires, but I genuinely get the feeling that they're trying to make it better for those affected. Of course, people who purchase solar and power walls, it's not going to help them this year, but they will see the benefits next year. Because if recent history has showed us anything is that those fires are going to come back. Like 14, 15 years ago, I was actually on a campaign wildland fire in Northern California, just 
outside, not outside of Tahoe, outside of Sacramento, maybe in the Folsom area. I can't remember exactly where it was. It was in the woods. But anyway, you know, regardless, the whole point is, is Northern California fires in the, the fall. They happen all the time. And last year, they were quite devastating. Uh, the last couple of years, they've been quite devastating. So I don't think Tesla's trying to profit on this. I do think they're just trying to to help the citizens because a lot of the people that live in that area are their employees. Help these folks out. One more quick thing on these fires. As many of you know, Tesla sold some battery-locked or range-locked vehicles. They don't do it so much anymore, but they did it a couple of years ago. Tesla is unlocking the full range of those vehicles for people affected by the wildland fires. So we've seen them do this in the past for folks in Houston and Florida and when New York had their problems. This is just an example of Tesla being a, a good citizen, I guess, even though they're a corporation. Our next story, Tesla's Navigate on Autopilot will be getting an automatic HOV lane detection soon, feature soon, which I think is neat. Let's see, Tesla will start producing the Tesla Semi in limited quantities in 2020. Honestly, this is sooner than I thought it would be. I felt like Tesla was progressing much slower, but it turns out it's much faster than I'm than I anticipated. I really didn't expect to see the Tesla Semi until 2021. At the earliest 2021, maybe 2022, but looks like they're going to start producing in limited numbers in 2020, so that's awesome. Model S and Model X will get a range boost in an upcoming over-the-year update. Looks like the Model S long range will go from 380, technically it's 383, miles to the high 380s. And then the Model X, I assume the Model X long range will be in the 330s. I don't really have, they didn't really give us a number on that. But this information was briefly mentioned on the investor's call. Uh, let's see, the Model X has two new front seats. They were designed to be more comfortable and less bulky and yield a little bit more leg room for the folks in the front. The biggest change is Tesla added pockets to the back of the front seats so the folks behind them can store old magazines, toys that will almost certainly get lost, and snacks in various stages of decay. I hope this feature comes to the Model Y. And let's get to our main discussion today. This comes from the Associated Press. Senator Minority Leader Chuck Schumer is proposing a $462 billion trade-in program for ICE cars. The goal is to, the overall goal is to mitigate climate change. The idea is to get as many ICE cars off the road as possible and replace them with EVs, hybrids, or hydrogen cars. $45 billion of uh, this, you know, $462 billion will go into charging infrastructure, infra, I can't talk, infrastructure, $17 billion will go to automakers to increase production of EVs, batteries, and parts. No word on how Senator Schumer is planning on paying for this. And I'm going to call it, this is, I'm, I'm coining this right now, the clean car trade-in extravaganza. That's my title. I own it. Don't take it away. Clean car trade-in extravaganza. As a rule, I don't think these programs work. Automakers are still going to make and sell ICE cars. So unless there's some sort of provision in the bill that says an automaker cannot take part in the clean car trading extravaganza unless they reduce uh, a certain percentage of manufacturing ICE cars. Unless they, you can now only make 50% uh, less ICE cars than you normally do. And then they increase 
a certain percentage of EVs, hybrids or hydrogen cars. I don't see this working. So to simplify what I think I'm making very complicated is you need to make less ICE cars, more EVs. And then, you know, there should probably be a lot more other, you know, a lot of other, other man, my, my tongue, my brain's going faster than my tongue. There should be a lot of other conditions. Uh, otherwise, it's just business as usual when the money runs out and the U.S. taxpayer payer gets stuck with the bill and nothing has changed. Because once this $462 billion runs out, then what happens? Is there any sort of incentive for automakers to continue building EVs? Or are they just going to go back to making ICE cars? Uh this kind of thing is great in theory, but we need to make sure that if we're going to be spending that much money, and that's a lot of money, that we, in fact, um, uh, are accomplishing the goal we're setting out to do. Oh, you know what? And another thing, hybrids should not be eligible, eligible for this trade-in program. Go all in on EVs and hydrogen or don't do it at all. And by the way, if this bill is introduced into a Republican-controlled Senate, it's going to fail. So one of the listeners to this show, Juliano, he's from Brazil. He was nice enough to send me an article that he has some uh, connection with. And I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to put this on the show because it's a very sweet article. And I think that it would resonate with a lot of folks. This article comes from Country Lines, Emily Haynes Lloyd. So Norm Rosma is an 82-year-old EV enthusiast. Over the years, Norm would chat with his friend Roger, who's a Chevy Bolt owner, about EVs and where they were going and that kind of stuff, like we all do. In February of 2018, Norm lost his uh, spouse, Donna, in an automobile accident. And Norm and Donna had been married for 57 years. And as you can imagine, it is very difficult to lose someone so close to you at any age and it's difficult to pick up the pieces and, and start new. No matter how old you are, you have to come up with ways to not only move on, not forget, but to move on, and but also to heal. And one of the activities that Norm and Donna enjoyed doing together was taking drives. So in August 2018, Norm bought a Chevy Bolt and planned a road trip from his home in Flint, Michigan to California to visit friends who were not able to make it to Donna's memorial service. Roger and Norm sat down and they planned the trip. With EVs, it's important to make sure you're going to take a route that actually has charging stations. So Norm used pl PlugShare to find stations along the route. He also planned on using Chevy dealerships that offered charging. Norm actually found the dealerships to be courteous and helpful, just as a side note. With all the planning done, Norm set out to California in April of 2019. Roger was a phone call away to provide assistance if needed. Everything was going swimmingly until... Norm ran into a little snag on his way to Flagstaff. He didn't anticipate that the altitude changes would have such a negative effect on his range. So Norm rolled into his hotel with very little charge left. But prior to picking the hotel before his trip, Norm checked to make sure that this particular hotel had a charging station. It turns out it didn't. The hotel gave Norm directions to a level two charger nearby. And unfortunately, that charger was out of service. Now, as you can imagine, Norm was already running on fumes, metaphorical fumes. So showing up at that second charging station and finding it out of service must have been very stressful. But Norm, luckily Norm was able to find a third charging station and he basically glided in 
to the charging station. So imagine, uh, and uh, you know, I, I experienced this quite a bit when I was young and had absolutely no money. You know, you're trying to make it to the gas station and you run out of gas and you just have enough glide to get you right to the gas pump. And that's effectively what happened here. Norm plugged in the car and unfortunately the car would not take a charge. Norm was able to get the car towed to the local dealership, but the dealership didn't have a Bolt certified technician. Luckily, all was not lost. They did have an old Chevy Volt charger and they plugged the Bolt in just to see if it would take the charge. Initially, it didn't look like it was going to work, but the stars aligned and the car began to charge. Now, the serviceman that helped him out, helped Norm out, I don't know his name, but we're going to call him Dave from here on out to avoid confusion. From the very little that I know about Dave, and when I know you could put it in a fimble, he seems like a very nice man. He had plans to go out on a date with his wife that evening. So he dropped Norm off at the hotel. Norm's hotel, not their hotel. <laughs> Get weird. Anyway, he dropped Norm off at his hotel, and then Dave and his wife went out and had a good time and did whatever they did. And on their way home, Dave swung by the dealership just to check on Norm's car to make sure it was charging. And he gave Norm a little update. The next day, the next day is Dave's day off. So you think at this point, this would be the time that Dave exits this story, but it isn't. Dave meets Norm at the dealership to make sure that Norm's ready to continue on his journey with a car that actually works. And guess what? It it worked. And you know what? 82-year-old Norm made it to California safely. And here's what Norm had to say. There were a lot of emotions as I arrived in California. Having that time to remember Donna and do some thinking and grieving, said Norm. There was also a total feeling of success and being so blessed. Being with friends just accentuated it all. This is a sweet and very touching story. And I, I one of the things that resonated with me is... We get so bogged down, I'm using the royal we here, I'm very guilty of it, of the tech angle when we really we forget about the human side. And really, this story isn't about EVs because Norm could have just as easily taken the same trip in an ice car. This story is about a community, not just a community of people in who are interested in EVs, but a, a community in the sense of the world that we live in. Roger helped Norm. I'm sure other folks did as well. Dave helped Norm. And most importantly, Norm was able to grieve and to heal through the process of taking this road trip. All right, I'm going to get too sentimental here. I want to thank Giuliano for sending that in. It was a very sweet story. Thank you very much for doing that. Let's get right to the solar roof announcement, shall we? Let's listen to Elon's opening remarks. The intent behind the uh, sort of solar glass roof is that uh, we, we can make roofs uh, come alive. That you can have a, a, a live roof instead of a dead roof. Um, if all these roofs out there just gathering sunlight but not doing anything with it, and our intent is that you can convert that sunlight into energy. Um, and I think in the future it will be it will be odd for roofs to to be dormant or dead or n not not gather energy. And you have to say, like, what, what is the future that you want? And the, the future that I think, I think we all want, most of us, is a future where you look around at a neighborhood and the roofs are all gathering energy. They're all doing something useful. Um, and they're, they, they look beautiful. Uh, they're, they, 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 
very robust and resilient, um, and they're powering the houses that they shelter. I think this is what we'll want to say like 20 years from now, you look around the neighborhood and that's how, that's how it is. Now, now the, the solar glass roof is, is not going to make financial sense for somebody who um, has a relatively new roof because this is itself a roof uh, that has integrated solar power generation. Um, so it, it's, it has, therefore, the cost of, of roofing a house in addition to the cost of, of solar panels or so, solar cells. Um, however, um, uh, we've been able to achieve with version three a, cost, a, a price point uh, that is less than what the average roof costs plus solar panels. So if, if, if you're looking at two options, one is you need a roof or, or need, either need a new roof or you need to re-roof your house. Um, and the, you look at the cost of that, the average cost of that, and then the cost of adding solar panels to that roof um, versus the, the cost of Tesla solar glass which, glass, which is an integrated roof plus solar, solar panel or solar cell, um, that the Tesla solar glass roof will cost less. Um, this is to the best of our knowledge accurate um, and we'll obviously see now that it's debuted whether this is this is correct. I mean, it's not going to be correct everywhere because there are going to be times when there's a very cheap roof and a very cheap solar panel, and, and there's maybe some corner case where it's not where where it is cheaper. But uh, I think maybe 80% of the time or or more, of the the Tesla solar graph roof should make the the most economic sense and look the best. Um, and be the longest lasting. That's that's our intent. Um, and it's been quite hard to get to this point. Um, this is a quite a difficult product because roofs have to last for a long time. Uh, and then when you add uh, electrification to the roof, that that's obviously a fair bit of complexity because uh, they have wires and and you need to make sure that it's, it's all going to be safe um, and and not uh, you know cause any risk to the house uh, and also that it will last for many decades. I mean, we want this to last for something on the order of 30 years or more. Um, uh, so that that's, uh, it's, it's not easy to do accelerated life testing, you know, because you, you want to say, okay, well, how do we, in, in the course of say six months and uh, try to accelerate the, the life of the roof such that we know what, what it will be like in 30 years. This is quite hard. Um, so the system has to be extremely robust. Um, and then figuring out how to install it effectively is a very non-trivial. Um, and um, we're actually gonna have like install, kind of install-a-thons like where we've got, uh, we have this now at our, near our Fremont factory, so two houses that are identical and we have the two competing teams to say who can install the solar glass roof the most efficiently. And then we're, we're going to try to get like some of the best roofing teams uh, in the country to, to also uh, give it a shot. So it's not just Tesla internal. Um, and actually, I should say that the, um, the solar glass, glass roof, while we were going to start out just um, 
having Tesla and Solars do it. Um, this is something that we intend to open up for uh, roofing contractors in general. So, um, you know, unlike vehicle sales, which only go through Tesla stores or online, um, and that's that's because we're, we're, we're sort of we don't want to get trapped in like franchise law and there's, there's like a lot of complexities in automotive distribution that if we if we kind of break precedent there, it's, it's highly problematic potentially um, in in many places. Uh, but for the Tesla solar glass roof, I think it's a different situation. Um, it, it is a you, you don't have like local sales monopolies. Uh, there's it's, it's a highly competitive market, and I think it's going to make sense therefore to you know, have like Tesla certified installers uh, who um, who can then install the solar glass roof. And I think that will be a very powerful driver of, of demand um, and allow us to to grow much faster than we could otherwise grow. Um, and this is all going to be produced at the uh, you know, Giga, Giga New York, the the uh, factory in Buffalo, um, uh, where people have been working really hard. I just like to say, you know, note of appreciation for the, the team there. They've really been um, putting in a huge effort to ramp up production of the, the solar glass roof. And it's uh, I was pretty impressed when I visited there. Um, you know, earlier this year, that was uh, was like, okay, let's. Seems to be like a lot of talented people here. This seems like a good situation. Um, and I think we'll, we'll definitely uh, you know, make New York proud about that uh, that factory. This is going to be great. So, um, yeah, so I think this is like it's a really cool product. Um, and like I said, in a nutshell, if if you if you are getting a new roof, if you if you're re-roofing or getting a new roof. So this is like, I, we, I'm, we feel quite confident that this is a smart move. Um, and then, uh, but if you have it, if you already, if your roof is already new, then it, it will not be a smart move financially. You may still want to do it, but it, it, it's going to be financially uh, punitive to do it on an, an existing roof that that has, still has a long way to go. So there's, and, and if you so if you have an existing roof with a lot and, and that that has a lot of life left on it, then we would recommend the Tesla, uh, you know, solar panels like the just get reg, you know solar retrofit is what we call it, um, and that that's the right move. If, you know, if your if your roof still has like say 10, 10 years of life or more, uh, and then Tesla solar glass if it's a new roof or re-roofing. Okay, I should have warned you about how long that clip was going to be, so I apologize about that. But essentially what Elon's saying here is he wants to make roofs great again. And essentially what he's saying is he wants to make use, you know, roofs useful by installing solar roofs or solar, solar panels on top of them. So who, the, who is this for? This is for somebody who needs to redo the roof and has money, by the way, or somebody who's building a house and they're putting a new roof on their house. Just to give you an idea, I have a decent-sized house. Uh, when we moved in, we had to replace uh, the roof because it had been more than 30 years since the the roof was done originally. And that cost us about $7,500. I mean, they basically just went up and put new paper on and fixed some things that needed to be fixed. And that was it. Like they left all the tiles there. So when Elon says, well, this is going to cost as much as a roof with the, the, the solar uh, piece of it, that's not exactly true because I paid $7,000 because I already had tiles on my roof that didn't need to go away. That would have been silly. That would have been wasteful. 
So um, yeah, just putting that on there. Let's see. If you don't need your roof replaced, then don't get it unless you want to spend a bunch of money. This needs to last 30 years plus. Like my roof's good for 30 years uh, and the Tesla roofs need to last that long. One of the things that I thought was interesting was the installathons that Tesla's doing. You know, the, we had heard rumors that they were building houses in Fremont to test this stuff on. Turns out that was true. One of the things I was surprised about is Tesla only installs solar in 25 states. So it's easy to see where those Tesla certified installers are going to be really important for Tesla in the other 25 states, in addition to the 25 that Tesla's in. In our next clip, they get to the questions. So this question's about the changes that were made from version one of Solar Roof to version two to version three. So let's listen in on that. Justin asks, what changes has Tesla implemented V1 to V2 and now V3? And what has been their impact on cost or performance? I mean, there's, there's quite a few changes. Um, also, so I have uh, uh, Drew and, and Kanal here. Um, guys, you want to talk about some of the changes that we've made? There's a lot. Yeah, uh, I mean, we, we really uh, wanted to achieve all the goals that Elon just uh, uh, outlaid there. Um, and that involved uh, assessing cost, beauty, installability, manufacturability across all axes. So uh, we've uh, just to run through uh, some of some of the key points there, we've uh, increased the size of the tile, increased the power density of the tile, um, uh, dramatically reduced the number of uh, parts and subassemblies in the tile by, by more than half. Um, uh, all of this goes in the direction of lower cost and easier uh, manufacturability. We also uh, changed some of the materials in use, changed the the, the the methods that we're using to the technology that we're using to achieve the the hidden solar cells to something that's more scalable. Um, we let's just say like this is one of the, the hardest things about the like solar glass roof is is not seeing the solar cells beneath the glass because that that, that would that's kind of off-putting to to see the cells. Um, and uh, and the, and then the hard part is you want this you want this the photons from the sun. To, to get to the solar cells, but but not create something which is aesthetically unappealing. That's quite a hard challenge. Yeah, solar cells are optically isotropic, meaning it can look purple from one angle and green from another. And we we uh, have, through a number of different iterations and technology experiments, uh, landed on a technology that gets the solar tiles to the point where they're anisotropic. So they blend in with the surrounding uh, non-solar tiles in the trim. They look the same from any angle. Exactly. <laughs> the other thing we did. Let me be pure in a helicopter. It may look weird if you're in a helicopter. Even from there. Yeah. It still looks uh, damn good. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but uh, the other the other key aspects was focusing on installation. We really wanted to achieve an installation time that was faster than a new roof plus uh, uh, traditional panels. Well, and well, in fact, we're trying to improve even the installation time for a roof. Yes. Uh, yes. So I think. I think with the right tooling and equipment, and and especially paying close attention to the, the edge effects of you know where to, where multiple planes of a roof meet, um, you know I think we can and just applying some of the world's best engineering to that. I think we can actually have the solar glass roof uh, install faster than comp shingle, which is a that's like that's the target. That's in the clear goal. Yeah. 
uh, we're, we're definitely moving there quickly. We're and coming after you, Clump Shingle. <laughs> <laughs> the Installathon <laughs> is, is part of our, our ambition to achieve that. Um, and, and, a, and a key part of installability is, is looking at how the parts uh, get from the factory to the field to the roof, um, and, then, and then how they come together on the roof. So we did a lot of iterations on that. And then the final thing I would mention is uh, the, the flashing, so the, the, sort of like the, what edges. Trim, the edges, the trim, <laughs> the trimming of the roof. I would say in early versions of the product was almost like custom handicraft. And, and what we've done is, is thought a lot about those problems and come up with beautiful solutions that are very uh, achievable in the field. Um, yeah, totally. This is Kunal. Um, you know, our installers have been working hard installing this. I've already seen this is much simpler, faster, and a lot more intuitive to install. So all those things that you guys have said uh, have led to really fast install times, and we're targeting even faster than comp shingle. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think a company will get there actually. Yes. Um, but there, there's a, quite a bit of R&D just in the installation process itself. Um, and, if, and the difference between having a few simple tools one way or the other, it, it can dramatically affect the install uh, cost and time. Right. Um, it, it's also important for, like, if, to have the least amount of bother. Like, you know, it's hard to be in your house while a new roof is being put on. So uh, having that occur within an eight hour, doing like basically an entire roof in eight hours is quite important. Because um, then, you know, you can literally come back and, you know, go to work, come back and you're revenue your roof as generating electricity. Well, that's our target is eight, eight hour roof. Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds like a roofing company. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a roofing company. <laughs> sort of into roof. Yeah, buildings, yeah. So this isn't a super technical answer, to be honest with you. They reduced materials, they increased the power density, and they improved they improved and simplified the installation process. And honestly, the eight-hour roof is amazing because it took those guys three days to do our roof, I think, three or four days. So they must be using a ton of people to get this done. And actually, I can't remember if it's in a clip or not, so I'll just talk about it right here. They talk about how it's more efficient for Tesla if they just throw a ton of people on one project and spend eight hours doing that project, the tear off and, you know, putting on the new panels and, you know, fixing all the little problems that they need to fix. It's easier to, for them to do that in an eight hour day with a bunch of people rather than spread that process over several days. So I thought that was interesting. The next question we have is version three availability. I didn't do a clip for this because I can just give you a rundown real quick. It's available now. Their goal is to ramp up to a thousand roofs a week. They have 100 million houses worldwide where they think they can put solar roofs on. And new versions, looking that would be look and style of the solar roof, roof will be available in a couple months. I can't remember exactly what the question was, but somebody asked uh, if they plan on manufacturing anything else at Buffalo Gigafactory other than the solar panels and the solar roof. Actually, I don't know if they manufacture solar panels there. But I was surprised to learn that they also manufacture the power packs and the mega packs at Buff in Buffalo and the superchargers. So I thought that little bit of information was pretty neat. In our next clip, they're going to talk about the cost of solar roof. Hey, it's Kyle from clean Technica. <laughs> Thanks for taking hey. my question. You're welcome. Uh, the, uh, the cost of the solar roof has been a big barrier to date uh, for version two. Uh, can you speak a little bit about the relative improvement in cost from version two to version three of the solar glass roof? Um, yeah, but you're, you're right. But I mean, version two is just was too expensive. It wasn't. It's not like we were making a ton of money on it. We were just basically trying to not lose money on it. Um, 
uh, and it, it, it just wasn't a version that was worth scaling because it's just too expensive. Um, so I, you know, we think version three is something where we, we do think we can get below the cost of uh, an, an average roof plus uh, retrofit solar panels. Um, and you know, feel pretty good about our cost structure there. So it's just that it's worth going big time with uh, this this version. Okay. Um, um, we, we actually have. Okay. Sorry, I should also say like you know one of the things that's obviously delayed Tesla Solar in general is that we had to focus for you know for about eighteen to twenty four months we had to focus the entire company on Model Three on the Model Three production ramp, um, and, uh, and so that that really we kind of stripped resources from solar for. You know, a year and a half thereabouts, uh, and because we, we had to make Model Three work, uh, or or Tesla wouldn't wouldn't exist. Um, and now that Model Three is in relatively smooth operation, we, uh, we you know we're going to be able to redirect resources towards solar um, and and uh, stationary storage. Sure. No, that makes sense. Um, actually, we have uh, version two of the solar roof on our house, and the installation oh, process. Looked like kind of the Lego version of building the Death Star on the roof. Um, can you yeah. talk a little bit about what you guys have done to streamline that process? Because that feels like a major barrier for cost and just the speed to installation. Sure. Yeah, I can talk about some of the installation improvements. I mean, one of the big things that Drew and Elon both touched upon when you installed V2 was that when two roofing planes met or the roof plane had an edge, uh, what we call the edge conditions, we had to like cut the tiles in V2. And that was a very cumbersome process. It took a lot of time, uh, created a lot of wastage on site, uh, needed extra tools. Uh, we've gotten rid of all that in V3. Uh, and that's a big major improvement. Um, just, you know, total number of material and parts reduction uh, from V2 to V3 has massively reduced the number of touches our installers have to do on site and that reduces the time they have to take to install. So there's tons of tiny improvements like that we've made across the product to make the install really fast. And that's the advantage of Tesla having a vertically integrated chain from, we have a team of engineers and installers, you know, working day and night at the test home and giving rapid iterative feedback to improve minor installation efficiencies. And we'll be doing a lot more of that. Yeah, these, these edge, edge conditions were, were basically a nightmare on version two, um, and it was quite artisanal. Um, it was like you know some artisanal glass factory, and it was a, a lot of like the final production was actually at the house. I mean, it's sort of like if you're building airplanes and you finished your production on the runway. It was not great. So for me to put version two on my house, my current house, and on my old house as well, which is quite a bit smaller than my current house, it would have cost me over $70,000. And that makes sense if Tesla had to come out and make a bunch of custom cuts and waste a lot of material and a lot of time doing that. With version three, without incentives, it would cost me about $55,000 to put solar roof on my current house. If I add two power walls to that, we're right about $66,000. If I decided, you know what, the solar roof is way too much, I'm going to put solar panels on my house, a similar size system would cost me to purchase $20,000 and $34,000 with two power walls. So quite a bit cheaper still to go with the panels. In our next clip, we're going to hear some information about production and installation improvements. Thank you. Our next question comes from Sean O'Kane with The Verge. You may proceed with your question. Uh, hi, guys. It sounds like there is a little bit 
um, while you simplified some of the stuff that makes it a little easier to install the new version, um, there's maybe a little bit more going on in the tiles themselves. Is there, can you tell me what sort of process you went through to make sure you don't run into the same sort of um, production issues that you had with previous versions? Yeah, I think, uh, at, as I, I mean, like, like, like the, the issue with, with prior versions was not so much a production, it's, it, it was the installation was problematic. Uh, so we, we could have ramped up production of version two, it's just, but it, it would have run into a fundamental obstacle uh, with the difficulty of, of installation. Um, but, you know, if, if you're wondering, like, will we run into difficulty ramping version three? Absolutely. Like a, ton, a massive amount of difficulty, and we'll re go through a ton of pain, um, and we'll, there'll be like setbacks. I want to be clear. <laughs> we, we we have we have applied some uh, preventative measures, however, uh, by reducing the number of uh, parts and subassemblies by half. Uh, we've dramatically reduced the number of processing steps and manufacturing steps, uh, which simplifies any manufacturing ramp. Um, and and, uh, and I, I will say that the early, the early production that we are in right now has gone smoothly. Uh, and now, the, as we ramp on the S-curve, we will find things that we, we have to overcome, but the road production looks good so far. Yeah, it's, just, it's, always, it's always like quite, quite sort of jumpy and thorny on a sort of short-term basis. But, it, you, know, you know, I think Europe now it will be pretty smooth sailing. Um, and like I said, like, like you, if they, people say, like, often just get too focused on the short term. I, I think if you want to understand like what, what, where a product's going to go long term, you, have, you just go say and say, what do you want the world? Just what do you want the world to look like? And and it's like, do you want a future where you look around at the houses in the neighborhood and they're generating electricity and they're beautiful and they're long, long lasting? Of course. That's the future we need to make happen. One of the things that I've always said on this podcast when people criticize a company's ability to manufacture something is go to Ikea, pick up anything in a flat box, take it home and try to put it together. It's almost always a frustrating process for me anyway. So I don't know why it would be any different for a company like Tesla that's ramping up production for a new product. There's going to be headaches. In our next clip, Elon's going to talk about the solar roof warranty. Thank you. Our next question comes from Kim Javahari from the YouTube channel Like Tesla. You may proceed with your question. Hi, I was curious if you could elaborate a little more on what the warranty is like for the tiles and if you're using a third-party roofer, um, how that will affect the warranty. Sure, Kim. Yeah, this version we are offering a 25-year warranty, uh, which is uh, weatherization, power, um, and uh, and we have uh, you know uh, 130 miles per hour wind resistance, uh, hail resistance. So 25 years of the warranty right now. Yeah, I mean these are things that are fairly standard in the roofing industry. Right. Um, so. And then Yeah. Um, but I, we definitely don't have all the answers right now. The, the, it, and, and it's kind of like a, to be frank, it's kind of like a weird and sort of odd product, you know, like it's just, you don't really hear of it. It's like, 
why would anyone make a solar roof? You know, how how strange. But it's just the thing that should be. And so we're going to make it. Yeah. And it's going to be real confusing because there's like no actual product like this. So that's the nature yep. of the product. <laughs> my one my one comment on like if we have third party installers how will the warranty work i mean that is how roofing works today right there's like a manufacturer mm -hmm. of the tile or the or the you know asphalt shingle uh, square and mm -hmm. you know if the if the certified installer or roofer has been trained and has been audited to to install correctly then eventually the the the, the warranty is extended to that installer but i i wouldn't expect us to do anything different with this product Okay. So there's, 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 quite, there's quite a big market for for roofs, actually. You know, there's, I mean, on the order of 100 million roofs in uh, North America, and uh, they get replaced about every 25 years. So it's about like maybe 4 million, four million uh, roofs a year. And 5 million new homes a year. I mean, sorry, 1 million new homes. A year. Yeah, 1 million new homes a year. So like, like on the order of 5 million in North America, it was just 5 percent of the world's population or thereabouts. You know, so. Um, so it's, it's quite a big market. This is why I think we're you know, going to be production and sort of installation constrained. It's going to, I mean, it's, for, for, on a percentage basis, it'll, it will grow like, you know, kelp on steroids. But uh, it's it's just, there's just like so, so many things that have to be sorted out. Um, but I think it's going to be a very exciting product. And it's, like I said, it's just kind of thing that, I think people will want on their want their roof to be this way. Um, Twenty five years is an exceptional warranty. There's no doubt about it. So interesting. Our next clip talks about the energy efficiency of solar roof versus solar panels. Thank you. Our next question comes from Roberto Baldwin with Engadget. You may proceed with your question. Hi, I'm curious on the uh, energy efficiency of the tiles versus uh, panels. So if you have, let's say, a 200 square foot area of the tiles and a 200 square foot area of the panels, like what is the difference in the uh, the sunlight to energy conversion? Sure. There's a slight, slight impact. Uh, well, the target is equivalent to or better. There are some benefits to uh, the solar roof um, in that we have a smaller, like, integer size so when you think about the granularity of yeah. the, we, we can basically put there's a question of like what's the cell cell efficiency uh if you if you purely look at it on a cell efficiency basis you're also going to take some knockdown um in order to, for, you know, to have better aesthetics um and then that, that knockdown we want to try to keep that knock down to something on the order of maybe 10 percent uh ish hopefully less we don't lose like saying less but um, from, from like a best case, uh, you know, like ideally it's like a single digit effect on uh, on the energy efficiency on a cell level, but but you can put far more cells on the roof um, and and do so without affecting the aesthetics. In fact, you, you can't even tell which which ones are active and which ones are which, which panels are active, which ones are not active. Yeah. Um, so the the total power capability of the roof is significantly greater with the solar glass roof. Yeah, and and, and uh, if you haven't ever had solar, I mean, just drive around your neighborhood and, and look at homes and you can see the, the quantization problem of the panel. And like, you know, you've got skylights, you've got, you know, yeah. stovepipes, penetration. Roofs are messy and complicated. Yeah. And by the way, generally look terrible. <laughs> I mean, you normally don't pay attention to roofs. You normally don't pay attention to roofs and you're like, wow, 
we had a lot of trouble finding good looking roofs. Because like we want our roofs to be the best looking roofs and it's not easy finding pictures of good roofs, let me tell you. It's very difficult. And there's all sorts of junk floating out. Yeah. So for all of those reasons, we, we have equivalent or better and uh, better in, in almost all cases. Uh, power okay. generation. Thank you. Yeah, it's just, yeah, absolutely. From a consumer standpoint, it will be a better outcome. If, if, if the right move, you're going to get a new roof um, and, and put solar panels. This is a solar plastic roof with integrated cells. It's going to be a better outcome, we believe, in economic uh, power generation, aesthetics, and durability. Yeah, and, and I just want to add one more comment. You know, we're not married to a particular um, solar cell technology in our aesthetic solution. So as solar cells get better, we, we the solar roof will also get better. And and that, that was a very important uh, target for, for the team, just to make sure that we could not like, stick ourselves on a, a legacy solar cell technology while the energy is solar. Although solar efficiency is... So it sounds like to me, there's not a huge difference. The biggest difference is the cost and what it looks like in the, at the end. Now I have solar panels on my house. I don't think they look bad. Honestly, I, I don't even really notice anymore that houses around my neighborhood have solar panels. And if I do notice, I'm like, oh, that's neat. But I don't think it looks ugly. It actually looks pretty decent. And I live in an older neighborhood where some of these solar panels that were installed, they're, they look kind of janky. You know, they... There, there was some interesting installation techniques they had back in the day, but they're not awful. You know, it doesn't make the neighborhood look bad. The neighborhood's still very nice looking. Okay, this is our final clip, and they're going to talk about the PG&E outages that we talked about earlier in the show in Northern California, whether that's causing a demand for solar and power wall in California. And I'm just going to make this like, here's a spoiler. Of course it is. But let's listen to what Elon has to say. Thank you. Our next question comes from Hope King with Cheddar. You may proceed with your question. Hi, thanks so much for taking my question. Um, so from a consumer standpoint, especially what we've seen happen in California, I mean, PG&E says it could take another 10 years before some of these outages are really ratcheted down significantly. And Elon, you've been tweeting recently to get folks to order Tesla solar and power wall. Are you already seeing orders grow, you know, demand grow as a result of the outages? Yeah, I think we are seeing some demand growth as a result of that. Yeah. Um, that's the reason that uh, when, when you turn the lights off on people, that they, <laughs> they don't want that to keep happening for the next 10 years. So, and there's no, no obvious solution, um, you know, and, and so that, when you're just sort of sitting there in, in, the, in the dark and all of your devices are battery powered and you, and you lose your phone connection, it's like a security risk. You can't even call 911. It's like there's a problem. So I, we're definitely seeing um, people interested in solar plus uh, power wall batteries so they can have you know no, no blackouts and um, have renewable energy. Um, and um, yeah, so that's, Definitely, we've seen um, demand increase uh, as a result, and I think we'll continue to see that in the future. Um, yeah. And just and just how important is this also to developing the overall Tesla, you know, energy ecosystem that you guys want to build out? Yeah, I think I think this is very important. Um, 
So for the fundamental goal of Tesla is to accelerate the advent of sustainable energy. So we have to therefore uh, generate the energy in a sustainable way. Um, and, and then, so which, which really means uh, solar primarily in our view. Um, so that's, that's both solar at the residential level, um, at the commercial level and at the utility level. And, um, and then when you, since the sun obviously doesn't shine at night um, and there's, you, you know, you have like cloudy weather at times, you have to have uh, storage to um, have continuous power. And so, so there's really three parts to the sustainable energy future. Uh, it's from a Tesla standpoint, it's solar power generation, uh, storing that solar with stationary storage, the Powerwall power pack and mega pack, and then consuming that that energy in a sustainable way, which means electric transport. Um, and I think the, the fundamental good of Tesla, in my view, is uh, you know to what degree did we accelerate the advent of a sustainable energy future? If my local power company, SRP, started turning off power to our house for days on end, then my wife would be on board with me buying two power walls today, right now. We would order them as soon as I got off the podcast. All right, I've blathered on long enough and I'll I'll end it there. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank Giuliano for sending in that uh, nice article that we read earlier. I want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. And next week, I will make sure you guys are all in one list. And there will be Patreon-exclusive content for you specifically. I'll make it up to you. Um, yeah, that's it. If you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918Digital. You can also hit me up on Twitter at 918Digital. I leave my DMs open. So if that's how you like to chat, I am more than open to uh, chatting that way too. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's been a long one. So I hope everybody has a great weekend and I will talk to you next Friday. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.